What is up, everyone? We are back for episode five of Nicking Around. We have our first guest on the podcast, Ethan, who's NY sports fan, Kush on Twitter, big Knicks fan, probably one of the more rational Knicks fans who don't doesn't freak out over everything bad that happens, uh, which is more than I can say for myself, uh, especially after yesterday's game. But um, Ethan, we love, we're glad to have you. We're glad you decided to come on. And how are you doing today? I'm really you know, I could be doing better after the Knicks game yesterday, but you know, as you said, trying to trying to stay positive. Uh, it's only January, uh, and I still have a lot of high hopes for this team and where they can go. So, doing great all around. Good to hear. And I think you know, with the Knicks in general, like I think the season. I mean, last night's game was frustrating, but uh, you were kind of hitting on this beforehand. It wasn't that it was disappointing to lose because going into this game, I mean, the Bucks are a very good team. You know, you want to just compete with them. It was just disappointing to blow that lead, right? But ultimately, you know, I think, and I think I told you this too. I DM'd you this after the game where. It's very, you watch some of these games and I think a lot of the problems the Knicks are having closing out some of these leads has a lot to do with not having RJ Barrett and having, you know, only Brunson and Randall as your, you know, guys, guys, you're going to give the ball too late in a game to create their own shots or uh, provide high, high volume scoring. And I can say, I think any, everyone here can say uh, Fournier got torched on some of those possessions. Uh, and I don't think I don't think Barrett gets torched in those possessions. I know he hasn't played his best defense this year, but I don't. I, I think there are some of those open open looks that guys like Ingles were getting are just not happening with uh, Barrett out there. I agree with you to an extent, but at the same time, like those looks, a lot of that is scheme more so than player. Like when he's doubling down into the post off the corner, that's a scheme play. That's a Tibbs play. They do that every game. And yeah, he's like slower to get back, but Ingles shoots the ball so fast, he'll catch it like this and just go. So, I mean, there's not really much you can do about that from, you know, Evan Fournier's perspective. It's not really his fault. It's more so like a bad coaching decision, which normally that coverage is fine. But Joe Ingles is such a good shooter that you just can't like leave him open like that and expect it to work out for you. I think a lot of it, uh, the reason the Knicks built the lead was the Bucks were missing a lot of shots. And then the reason they lost it was because they were making a lot of shots. It wasn't really about um, like, I don't think the Knicks like, gave up the lead as much as the Bucks took it back. Like it wasn't like the the Dallas game where you're like this game they should win. And like even then like with the Dallas game a lot of those shots are fluky. I've never seen Christian Wood make a 35 foot 3 in my life, but um you know last night it seemed like the Knicks kind of like they should have won the game when you're up 17, but it didn't really feel like it was their fault entirely that they blew the blew the lead. Yeah, I uh, the only thing I would say with like RJ is like uh, I think I think like especially like, early in the game, uh, like with with Randall missing a lot of shots uh, in the span that RJ's been out, like Randall has averaged like is taken like twenty five shots a game, and at some point like he's gonna get a little worn down. So I think it would be nice to have RJ back. But yeah, I, I mean I, I spoke with you a little bit prior to the prior to recording i think the main thing is is uh is like this was a game that the bucks kind of just took the game from the knicks late in the game just by hitting shots like drew holiday who was basically a non-factor early in the game at least on offense you know he had the three early fouls that relegated him to the bench for a bit and was just like like i believe he had like before the fourth quarter he had like one field goal and he was just hitting like step backs like in our face uh so yeah i mean on that front that's all i have to say i mean he hit three in a row to ice the game uh yeah. all on quentin grimes who's a great defender and didn't like let up defensively but um yeah. i think this game says more about what this team can be than what they are because i mean if you look at them last year they struggled to close these games but they'd go on stretches where they just don't score points this game last night was not, you know, a 17-0 run to lose the game. It was, you know, back and forth. The Bucks are hitting a three, and Brunson's getting two, and then the Bucks are hitting a three, and that's how they lost. Yeah. Um, but knowing that Jalen Brunson can just get a bucket when he needs to is is huge for, you know, moving forward and into the – especially into the playoffs. Yeah, because, like, even when the Bucks retook the lead, I never felt like the Knicks were, would be totally out of the game. Like, last like last year, once the Bucks would get a lead, I'd be, like, I'd be, like, checked down and be, like, the Bucks are just going to win by, like, 20. But, like, Jalen Brunson yesterday kept matching, kept at least nearly matching the Bucks on every shot. 
and uh, kept us in the game till the very end. Well, and Julius Randle's not going to shoot 0 for 9 from 3 in the first quarter every game. So, yeah, you know, like, eventually his hot shooting was going to catch up to him. But even then, like, 1 for 12 is a major outlier. And, you know, he's still at 25, 6 and 5, uh, 16 and 5. So if you, I mean, look at those numbers after the first quarter, even the efficiency was fine. He played a good game, but. Yeah. And especially, I think he played, uh, he played like uh very scrappy, like, uh, like I, I know, like, I don't really know how to like describe it other than that, but like he was, he was. Randall, a- whenever he plays guys like Giannis or especially Sabonis, guys who are perceived as better at his own position, it feels like he just, like he takes it up a notch and tries harder. Which is a little odd, but I don't mind it. Yeah, one thing I think that uh, I wanted to talk about a little bit with Randall as well was it's very interesting that a lot of people began to talk about Randall only after he went 0 for 9 from 3. Like, it's, like I, I feel like a lot of people are very quick to whenever the Knicks struggle or whenever anything bad happens to the Knicks, go straight for Julius Randall. Like, obviously, I know that, like, hater mute, that I think it's, like, hater central. Like, I know they're going to tweet stuff like that. But there are, like, Knicks fans in my mentions where, like, well, this is what happens when you put Julius Randle against a post a playoff team or a, a championship caliber defense. Like, I, I think we can confidently say that the Julius Randle we've seen this year is a sustainable form of Julius Randle. When you take a lot of shots, you're going to have games, as James said, where you go over nine. Those are just outliers. So it's going to happen every now and then you're not, that's not something that's in the back of your mind. It just happens. You know, if you, I think it would have been worse if Randall stopped shooting because quite frankly, again, without Barrett, who is that second scoring option next to rent or Brunson, or in this case, the first score, uh, the primary scoring option has become Randall. Uh, but, but quite frankly, I don't really think this, this game negatively affects how I view this team at all. Like I, I, and, Quite frankly, even that that massive losing streak, I say massive, but uh, it was, what, five games, right? I don't even think that five-game losing streak really changed my view on this team very much. They're, uh, they play, when they lose, they lose close, and when they win, they win big, right? And that's really all that you care for uh, with your team in order to, to safely and kind of uh, confidently claim they're a good team. They have a good roster. They've played well all year. That Bucks game sucked because they blew it, but ultimately the fact that they're able to go shot for shot uh, with a team like the Bucks tells you a lot about how much his team has progressed over the last, not even just from this year to last year, uh, but from that first year where they kind of uh, burst onto the scene. I think this team is just more well-rounded and a lot better equipped to handle tougher competition and the postseason. Oh, definitely. And I think, um, you know, they, they played Cleveland well. They played Milwaukee well. Uh, they, I don't think they've played Boston since they were, like, bad. Like, when they played Boston, it was a kind of, it felt it felt like a different team uh, back then than it has now. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, Ryan. But, yeah. Um, I, Brooklyn, I don't think they've played recently. Like, these games are coming up, though, at the end of the month, if you look at their schedule. Um, and what's, let's see, what's it, what's in front of us. So the Pacers who are a playoff team, but I'm talking about like, I'm looking for like championship contenders, right? Um, you know, they've got, yeah. So on the uh, 24th, Cleveland, Boston, Brooklyn, three games in a row. Those are three of the top four teams in the East. And it might be without Durant. Yeah, that's true. Um, if you can go two and one, even, you know, even without Durant, Brooklyn's a really good team. They've still got uh, Irving and Simmons, and Simmons has kind of stepped it up recently. It feels like, just from an outsider's perspective, I don't watch Nets games, but I've heard a little more about him, so that's got to be a good thing. Um, yeah, but this upcoming stretch, you need to win these games because then it gets it gets tough. Um, yeah, like I remember seeing that, like you mentioned that the Knicks were actually favored by one point against the Bucks. I like the, the Knicks were like the, the favorites in every game up to the Cavs game, uh, which is like an eight game stretch, which is kind of crazy considering uh, like, especially like where we were early in the year, but the Knicks need to capitalize on this stretch. Cause uh, even like you mentioned that three game stretch against uh, the Cavs Celtics and Nets, I think, we play the Lakers and Heat, which we can definitely win, and the Clippers. But then even that, after that, we play the Sixers in a, a few times. Uh, the Nets, again, with likely Durant back at that point. So I think the Knicks uh, definitely need to capitalize on this stretch. Yeah, and I think um, even into that Cavs game, I would not be shocked if they're favored in that game uh, at home at the Garden. 
which I know odds makers, uh, they love home teams, but the Knicks are not a good home team. They, they're a much better road team, which really makes no sense to me. But, um, you know, yeah, yeah, Indiana, Washington, Detroit, Toronto, Washington, Atlanta. It feels like five and one there is kind of where you need to be at, right? At least five and one, four and two. Yeah, like, I, 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 think five I feel like one, at, the, four and at, this, at this point, three and three would feel like a disappointment for Definitely. sure. Yeah, hundred percent. They they've got it. They've got to at least go above five hundred in this stretch. They can't. They, you know they. I, I know what you know. One of the Toronto games feels like a trap game. Even last time when we talked about uh, a shred that um that stretch actually ended up I think turning into a losing streak. Oh, uh, uh, when we brought up Toronto, I, I not that I think Toronto is very good, but like I don't know. Toronto they just always beat us. Right. It's just just one of those things where it's like I always feel like, like if you're playing them twice in a in a six or seven game stretch, like I'm not saying I can't believe in this team to win, beat them twice, but. I'm, in the back of my head, I'm like, one of these games are probably going to go to the Raptors. It, it's, I didn't it's weird. include Toronto in that six game stretch. Rather, that was the seventh. Oh, was yeah. that not? Uh, was that not? Was that? Didn't we record after uh, Golden State that one time? Or was it after Toronto? No, I'm talking about coming up. This oh no, no, coming schedule. I, I was, counted. I counted up to Atlanta. Ah, got you. Six. Got you. Okay. So I mean, yeah, Toronto gotcha. is another is another game that I think is a winnable game before those three tough ones. Which even if you lose all three of those, like that's not really that big of a deal, um, in the grand scheme of things. But you'd like to grab one. Ideally, you'd like to grab one. And without Kevin Durant, you'd like that team. To, you you'd imagine that the Nets are a little bit vulnerable. And well, and yeah, we already you, we beat Cleveland in the Garden when the Knicks were bad, right? When they started, uh, when they were ten and thirteen. So yeah, um, I mean, I think Indiana is definitely like. That's a good that's a good test because these two teams I think are on a pretty similar level. I think the Knicks are a little bit better, but Indiana's ahead of them in the standings. And then Washington and Detroit should be like blowouts. Yeah, you should be and they, out of them. they probably will be. And I'm assuming RJ will be back tomorrow. Right? He's he's questionable to return tomorrow. Questionable with Tibbs means he's in. And um There's been a few times it's been questionable and he hasn't played, but I do think like if you remember back what like back when they fully revealed what the injury was they said that uh so i believe because he was doubtful yesterday he probably had his stitches removed the day prior and they said that he wouldn't take long after he got his stitches removed because he's been able to keep shooting and he would just need to get like his conditioning back and it's only been like nine days so and i don't think conditioning should be that big of an issue with a with a hand injury like it would be with a leg injury or like something like that so i think it was just more like a physical thing like Right. I, so I'm assuming he'll play tomorrow and I'm assuming he won't even be on limited minutes. Like he'll probably just come in and play 40 minutes tomorrow, um, which is a good thing. Cause he got, he got really hot right before he got hurt. Yeah. Um, in the, I think in the last, was it 10 games, uh, nine, nine games before he got hurt, he was averaging 26 a game shooting 46% from three. Um, and obviously you're not expecting that from him coming back to just be a 26 point per game scorer, but you know, you wouldn't hate that either. Right. Oh yeah. No, I, I think one thing with Bar- with Barrett when we're looking at him returning is that Pacers game is gonna give him a nice little uh cush to get himself right and get comfortable in game action and then you're get you're playing you know defenses aren't very good right so that should allow him to you know get better looks and get himself comfortable again you know i saw a tweet or maybe it was a, a message or maybe it was just like a dm from a group chat or, or a tweet but someone mentioned you know whenever rj bear gets close to like league average efficiency something uh unexpected or unforeseen comes about and suddenly uh now you like the next few games get skewered or whatever it may be uh which is kind of what might which could happen here but i do think we're in a situation where barrett's gonna have the benefit of having weaker competition to get himself acclimated to and then by the time we're in that tough that in that tough stretch he should be comfortable he should be you know there shouldn't be any limitations any issues at all as you mentioned i'd be shocked that there are many limitations going into this pacers game but if you were going to pick a time for rj barrett to have had that injury and to have time to get back and get comfortable this is kind of the time you'd like to pick out of all time schedule obviously you don't want a player to go down but uh considering that you have eight games seven games basically to get rj barrett right before you play some of the top teams in the east you've got to feel good about that um that should help take a little bit of the load off of brunson and randall who have you know as ethan mentioned randall's been taking a huge huge mantle uh as the team's leading scorer brunson would probably like to not have to take 30 shots again against the bucks um you know even though i totally believe in him and to be 
I totally believe that he can do it, and I totally believe that Brunson wants wants any sort of uh, scoring volume he can take. Ideally, you would like to have uh, not so much pressure on one player and have uh, diversity in your scoring options. Well, yeah, and I mean, the Knicks have had three different guys in the last, what, 10 games, dropped 40 points. Um, they, you know, they have scoring diversity, and Grimes dropped 30, so... And I quickly capable like they have they have five or six guys who can go out and put thirty on the board. So it's not really like they're relying too much on one player. But yeah, I agree with you. Randall right now has been taking you know twenty five shots a game, and I don't know if that's the best thing for the Knicks like long term, especially for him. He might get uh, you know a little burnt out by the end of the year. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, you know, going into Indiana tomorrow, we we played them earlier in the year when you know Wally Zerbiak went on that huge rant about want to be all star, which was fucking stupid. But uh, Halloran's a great player, and you got to watch out for him. Uh, you know, passing, shooting, he's a great three point shooter, and you got to lock down on him. That's kind of the key to beating Indiana. It feels like because yeah. uh, Matherin's great, but you know they. I mean, I, I just I don't understand how this Indiana team is so good. I feel like the we definitely have the pieces to beat them. We definitely have the pieces to, I mean, just overpower them offensively. Uh, even quickly, he's played a lot better lately. I know that you know when you look at a lot of some of the injuries the Knicks have had, or some of the uh, situations where the Knicks haven't been able to uh, have certain guys active, whatever it may be. You know, quickly stepped it up over the last eleven games. He's averaging nineteen points a game. He's shooting very efficiently from three, thirty-eight percent on seven attempts a game. Um, he's really improved across the board. He and quickly kind of does this every year, and I, I reference this a lot on the podcast because I want people to be aware of the fact that yes, quickly can have stretches where he is just terrible from three, or he is terrible efficiency wise. But whenever Emmanuel quickly is on the court, good things are usually happening, and I think the shooting numbers are. Gonna, are going to continue to improve you know it's 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 easy to to drop stock and quickly because again like this happened this is the second year in a row where it's happened where quickly's had like an abhorrent start to the year shooting wise and then you blink and you wait a couple months and you look at his shooting lines and they're not that bad um he's improved a bad. lot as a defender they're not great <laughs> they're not great but they're yeah, not and, and even in this stretch where like you're saying he's been better he's still shooting 40 percent from the field under that 39 i tried to make a post about him the other day and i was like i can't post oh, this. He's I, at 39 percent field goal percentage I looked at the last 11 games, which is 47% from the field because I have the narrative ball a little bit. Um, I was looking at the last, like, five, I think. Because oh, there no, was that was... one game he shot, like, five for 21 or something. Yeah, no, he, uh, had, he had a... The Dallas had... game was bad. Yeah, and then the the Spurs game, he went, like, 12. Well, he did shoot a lot of threes, but the, the field... Well, yeah, and then he also, he also shot well yesterday, so that yeah. changes things. For sure. And look, I'm not saying, you know, that quickly is an efficient score. He's never going to be an efficient score. That's never going to be Emmanuel quickly. But I still think like quickly. I mean, if you look at his true shooting, it's always been still above league average. Even Yeah, because he takes a high volume of threes and he gets to the line and is efficient from the line. Yeah, he takes so many free throws. And he doesn't miss free throws, really. He's he's down this year to like 83 or 84 percent. But normally he's around an 88, 89 percent free throw shooter. 90 percent ish. Yeah, like um, I remember, I think it was his rookie year where he was just like automatic from from the free throw line. Like he would not miss. At the, at the beginning of the year, I, I think he fell off a little bit, but like yeah. Yeah, I believe he hit like I believe in his rookie year, it was like his first like fifty free throws. He missed like one of them. Yeah, I mean that's how Jalen Brunson was to start this year, and now he's down to eighty five percent. But now it's, he's finding his three, and that's again that's another thing he's added to his game is the three point shot. He's taking more threes than he yeah. has ever has. He's shooting it better than I he has like in one year. Especially like pull up threes. threes. Cause in Cause... Dallas, it was mostly just like it was mostly just like catch and shoot threes playing off Luca, but this year he's created his own shot. He's created his own threes. And it, it teams play drop against him, which makes no sense. I don't like like they've tried it and it used to be able like it used to be a viable strategy because he not that he couldn't make them, but he wouldn't take them. But now he is taking them. So teams are gonna have to adjust to that, um, which will only make his drives more difficult to guard so we'll see they might just give him the three concede the three but i don't know if i would do that to a 40 percent three-point shooter um especially if it's one of those games where brunson's the only guy who's scoring for new york which seems to be happening more than it should be yeah what's interesting is just like the amount of people coming into this year that felt like jalen brunson was just some fluke player or that he was a guy that was overperforming in dallas and 
I, I don't know. I feel like this was always going to be a good signing for the Knicks. And this was always going to be a player they needed to have. And he's played. I wouldn't even say it's fair to say up to expectations, because if you were, if your expectations to be satisfied were 21, three and six and great efficiency from the three from three on more volume, you know, like I think that would have been unfair to expect, but he's exceed those expectations. And, you know, as you mentioned, like the, the Bucks game again, we lost that game. Sure. But Brunson shows that he has this ability to just absolutely dominate in, in late in games and take over. And he can score in so many different ways. You know, he's, yeah, he's slowing down a little bit from the free throw line, but overall in the season, I mean, if you need two free, throws and you're going to trust Brunson to shoot them if you need to pull up three you can trust Brunson to shoot it if it's a floater you can trust him to shoot it if it's you know creating a shot for himself you can trust him to, sh to, to make that happen whatever offensive situation you put Brunson in the only thing you worry about is the fact that he's a little undersized and putting him in certain defensive matchups that's the only concern but the Knicks have a really good strong a really strong defensive unit around him so they usually can mask those issues quite frankly Brunson I mean the guard play has been a lot better this year and that's something that I wouldn't have anticipated two years ago because that was kind of the biggest issue with the team oh it always uh, has been but now you got yeah. Brunson, Brunson and Grimes who are both great guards I think I think a lot of non-Knicks fans are kind of and this is like a bigger picture thing the Knicks are really good and um they have been for the better part of this uh, season now over half the season they've been the top five team in the league according to net rating um which net rating I think for the Knicks especially and I know uh for a lot of teams most teams I'd say 29 other teams net rating is not a misleading stat but I would say with the Knicks it is because they win every time they win the game they win by 35 and if they're you know uh and then they lose a game by two so they end up with this net rating of plus 33 but they're one and one but at the same time they're you know it's it, if they can figure out how to close these games they have potential to be a top three seed in the east I feel like they're only a few games out like they're those four wins the the bulls game that they missed the free throws the mavs game the hawks game and then this one yesterday if you win those four games you're what uh what's what's their record right now uh they would have been 21 and 18 i know no, uh, 20, uh, 20 they're 22 and 19 so if you flip those four then what they're 26 and 15 and tied with cleveland for fourth in the east like and obviously you can't you can't just say like oh well if they won those games they'd be here but you know those were all games that you should be winning right like and it's not like a oh before the game like you played the rockets and lost to the rockets it's like a you're sitting in the fourth quarter up 17 points and you lose that type of thing but you know um i also feel like with those with especially with that um with that last uh the game that they lost yesterday and then the one that they lost to the mavs it felt like both of those games just you're rj away from winning yeah i mean especially the mavs game uh I believe Brunson was Brunson was also out against the Mavs, right? He was, yeah. Yeah, Brunson and was Grimes. No, Grimes dropped yeah, thirty Grimes, that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting it mixed up, but you know, like the Mavs game, like I saw, like especially considering that was the game that was the last game on our five game losing streak, and it brought us back to eighteen and eighteen. People were like, "Oh, this team is just so done," and like the the like. I can't didn't, they lose, didn't they lose to San Antonio after that in that game that was just awful oh, yeah, yeah, from yeah, the yeah, get-go yeah. and they that, like, that was, it wasn't ever even that, close. Yeah, that, that, that one was my bad. Uh I forgot about that. I but it was still 18 and 17. Uh and I mean, obviously it was a bad loss. I'll be honest. The Mavs game, I didn't get too much, I didn't watch like too much of the end of it. But at the same time, I I look at that game as a game that you know, it was still fairly early in the season. Uh, like nothing more than a. Again, we were up like ten with a minute left. Uh, I don't want to keep rambling about it. Uh, but it's just a game that is a. I, it didn't really affect the way that I looked at this team's long term outlook. Other than, uh, like not again. This isn't long term, but it's just sucking in the moment. Oh yeah, definitely. Like losing games like that and then Milwaukee last night like games like that suck in the moment but then you like you know you take a step back and you're like okay well you know we're playing without our third best player right and you know I know the Bucks are without Middleton but Middleton's been really bad when he's played this year so I don't know what to make of that I um, think he's been dealing with injuries throughout the year and like he was injured to start the year and then came back and then got and then was playing hurt and then got hurt again so, so 
I mean, it, he's definitely a piece that you look at, like the Bucks get back and like they're good, but and and like they'll be good to go. But I mean, I still think the Knicks like la- I I like I don't think last night showed that the Knicks are even with Middleton, assuming we also get RJ back, that it's impossible for the Knicks to ever beat the Bucks. Oh no, and I definitely think like you go into a series. So right now the Knicks are at seven. I like. I think they'll be top six. I would hope. Um, I I believe so because I I mean you look at the East. I I like the East is stacked, but I mean the only I mean, team that worries me that's behind us is Miami. I think Miami might yeah. turn out because they have so much talent on that roster and they have a great coach. Yeah, so, but they are they are a little top heavy, which I mean I think in the postseason matters a little less because like again like if they faced us in a playoff series, like I you mean, know. I, th- I don't think you win that series. Yeah. Uh, Whereas but... I do think, I feel like Cleveland's beatable. And I think so is Brooklyn. I don't think Miami is, at least for the next. I, I don't know if Brooklyn's beatable if they're healthy. But the but they they always uh, come up with issues. So we'll see. But if they don't if they don't have any issues going into the postseason, it's, gonna, it's hard for me to see us beating them. Uh, but regardless, I, I mean, I... I I, I I point is I do think it's very possible the Knicks finish ahead of Miami in the standings. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I also like, and this is kind of crazy because, and I said the same thing when they actually did win the East, but I wouldn't be that surprised if Miami won the East because of, you know, who they have on their roster. Um, as long as they don't run into the Celtics in the first round, because you know, the Celtics are the Celtics. I think the Celtics are the best team in basketball, but I think the Nets are probably the second best team in the league. So, and then I, I feel like you could probably make the argument that the five best teams in the East are the five best teams in the league. So, I don't know. Like I this, mean, I throw, throw, throw the Nuggets in there, but. Yeah, but the Nuggets don't phase me in the playoffs. Like, I just, I, they just give me, like, second-round exit vibes every year. And they pretty much are second-round exits every year. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the the bubble year they made the Western Conference Finals, but I still think, like, like I, I think this is, I think this is the best like, of the Nuggets that we've seen. Definitely, but they still play no defense. So th- I feel like that's going to turn into an issue when you start playing good teams. Like, like I think the Mavs would beat the Nuggets in a playoff series. I think the Kings would beat the Nuggets in a playoff series. I think the Warriors would beat the Nuggets in a playoff series. There's a lot of teams that I don't. Kings? I, I don't know about that. The Kings? The Kings are, the Kings are good. They're the Kings really are good. good, but, like, I don't know. My I, re- I really like I Sabonis. Know. I think Sabonis is a really good player. I, I, I mean, I think Sabonis is, like, really good and like underrated like maybe even like a top 20 ish player oh and the other thing is if the suns finish eighth that's scary for whatever team is the one seed yeah i mean i mean the suns need booker back like they've been awful without booker it's it's yeah but but it's it's also like not the type of injury that you're gonna uh i'm just saying that right now they need him back right uh yeah for sure but it's also not the one that's gonna like take him out for the season or even like hurt him you know like he's gonna come back and play badly because of it it's not like one of those injuries it's just one that he kind of needs to beat uh, but the, but like looking at the west i don't know if there's like a, a serious finals contender in the west like i feel like the east is gonna win the finals i would definitely say the east is gonna win the finals and i think the east is deeper than the west even uh, I think I the East is better than the West, and it's crazy because like the last twenty five years, it's been West, 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 West. But I mean, like the tenth best team in the East is the Bulls, and the Bulls have beaten some of the best teams in the league. They're they are they're, they're giant killers. It's it makes no sense to me. They lose to the fucking Magic, but then they go and beat the shit out of the Celtics. It's not even close. Like they they I think they blew out the Celtics, didn't they? Uh, the I mean, the, the, the Thunder, the, the the Celtics have had a tendency to lose, like to like they like the Thunder blew. They lost to the Thunder. They lost also the Bulls by uh, eight. So, no, the, they beat the Bulls. They lost to the Bulls by fourteen last time they played. They played the Bulls last night. Yes. Oh my bad. I meant the the last like before last night, and yeah. then the the Bulls beat the Bucks. They beat the Nets three times. Like it makes no sense. The funniest thing about that Thunder Celtics game is that SGA was out for that game, and they still yeah. fucking dropped one fifty. Like that was hilarious. They, they didn't have the their Thunder best are not to... bad. I don't think they're like, bad, but you know it's the Celtics. Like they're, right? they're eighteen and twenty two. They're thirteenth in the West, but eighteen and twenty two is not a bad record by any means. 
No, and I guess this is where the Booker injury really matters, where it's like not saying that the, the Thunder are going to be the team that takes that spot because, you know, the the, the Timberwolves, the Trailblazers are still uh, ahead of them in that regard. Uh, but you, the Suns need to get Booker back before they slip too far because you could, you could fall out of the playoff position and dig yourself in a hole too deep. But I 100% agree with your point about that, the Eastern Conference, uh, like – I, I, I do love the Nuggets, and I love Jokic. Jokic is my GOAT. Jokic is, I mean, I am part of Jokic Hive. You know what I mean? Like, anything related to Nikola Jokic, like, he is my he is, he is is my dog. But the East is remarkable. Like, as you mentioned, the Nets, the Celtics, the Bucks. I, I mean, right there, the 76ers. The Sixers. I, don't, I don't know if I don't know how I feel about the Cavs. I don't know if I... I, they're, they I, okay, so really I they've a played while really ago. Good. You know what I mean? I, like, a while ago, placed a futures bet on the Cavs to win the East. I don't know how I feel about it now. Um... I think it's possible. They're they're good, but I I think we match up well with them. I think they match up well with Brooklyn and Boston because they play they're they're big, they're huge, and they play amazing defense all around. The Cavs do. Um, with you know Allen and Mobley is kind of a duo that's if you don't match up well with the big men, it's kind of a it's it, like the cat. That's how the Cavs are beating a lot of teams. It's just size right but the Knicks have size they have Robinson and Randall who can kind of negate that so that's why I think the Knicks beat the Cavs last time also but Mitchell is a superstar um he doesn't get I don't think he gets the recognition that you know the Celtics uh, with Tatum and Durant and Giannis and Embiid do with the top you know the other top team top teams in the east he's right up there with most of those guys maybe not Durant and Tatum but and Giannis so I guess maybe not all of them but He's like, he's not far behind them, right? He's... I think the issue is just that, like, you look at, like, those guys, as you mentioned, are like, you can, at, at some point in time, they were probably the best player in basketball. I mean, Tatum, not yet, but, like, KD is Tatum, the best well, I think Tatum at one at some point will be the best player yeah. in basketball. And I also think he'll win the MVP this year. I don't know if it'll win MVP this year, but I, I get what you're, like, I, I get your point with Mitchell, where it's like, because the East has so many, like, I mean, those, you've just named, you named a bunch of guys that are, like, going to be Hall of Famers. And, and I, think like, I, Katie, the, I think I named I, four I mean, of I the think top Mitchell's six players Mitchell. in the league. Yeah, Mitchell's Mitchell, also yeah. going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but, like, KD and, and Giannis are inner circle guys. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, those are, like... Yeah, like, you KD know and mean? Giannis are top 15, 20 players of all time. Right, and it's, I feel like sometimes, like, stars that are like star level players that aren't guys like that tend to get overshadowed because they aren't like, not because they can't be, or they never, they're never going to get to that point. Yeah, but I, I also don't think like Mitchell, I don't think gets as much praise and attention as a guy like, I don't know, Jimmy Butler or Trey young. And that's fair. No, that's fair. And, 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 and like, I'd argue at this point, he's better than both those guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's, yeah. that's kind of my point. Um, I don't think Trey young is the best player on his team. So, I mean, we don't have to get into that, but I, all right, let, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> um, I know Murray's so good. I I really wish we got Murray when he was available. Um, but I, I just hate Trey Young, so I don't want to talk. I don't want to. I don't want to like, the, sound like an asshole. I, I don't even hate Trey Young. I, I, I despise he's just, him. He's so inefficient. No, I, I despise um, him. I hate him. Mitchell. Him. Mitchell, I think is like Mitchell's a good enough player to be the number one on a championship team. Is kind of my point. Yeah, no, and, I get that hundred percent. And he has a team around him that is absolutely loaded so i mean i they yeah. they need a wing and if they trade they for a, a wing, wing i mean people have even thrown out cam reddish as an option and i think no they, no, no. I, we need they, we they need like a, a real a real option as yeah. a wing well, I, mean, I mean like i i mean like people have i'm just referring back I, I was just kind of referring back to the knicks on that but yeah yeah like they desperately need because a coro's not yeah a coro. Like, and lamar stevens like I mean, they're okay. They're good defenders, but they need some kind of wing play to go along with Mitchell and Garland because those four positions, Mitchell, Garland, Allen, and Mobley, they've got, you know, some of the better players at their positions. Um, They need a wing. But, you know, we yeah. look at... Uh, I, okay, my, my tangent is over. We can go back to the Knicks. Oh, I was going to say, because like uh, Ethan, uh, you mentioned Reddish and I think Reddish would be a good kind of point to talk about for a second, because like we had, I believe the deadline is exactly a month from now, or maybe like uh, a, a month and a day or a month and minus a day, something like that. Uh, it's so the are, ninth. Yeah. So today's the 10th. So it's okay, a little so less. A little month. It's one day less. Right. But I get your point. Like the deadline's coming. I don't think Reddish is going to, is going to command anything of value in a trade right now. Um, yeah, for two reasons. One, he's out of the rotation, and two, he's not a good basketball player. So, 
Um, and I was saying this before the year. I was like, Reddish is just not a rotational player. And then he had like those two weeks where everyone was enamored with him for like no reason at all. He's yeah, so people, bad. He's I, so bad. He's not. He's not. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, We'll see what we can get from him. Like that, there was the rumor of getting like two seconds. Uh, the Knicks want want two seconds for him, and I mean, I'd take that just to just to get it over with. Uh, obviously, it didn't it didn't work out here. Uh, oh, definitely not. And I also think Isaiah Hartenstein needs to be moved because, yeah. yeah. um, or at least he, at least moved out of the rotation, and they can figure out like he'll be an expiring contract after this year, and maybe they can move him. And he's there. and I, you know, I was just like shooting on reddish. He's not a bad basketball player. He's a bad fit for this roster. He just doesn't. It yeah. just doesn't work. Yeah, right. Like, like we need, we need a, we need a, we need a big man in Tibbs's system. We need a big man that can protect the rim. He doesn't really do that. Uh, we need uh, like, it, and the other like, thing is like, it seemed like we would need a floor spacer earlier on, and Isaiah Hartenstein was like more of a floor spacer than other big men. First of all, he's not. Yeah, and second I mean, of all, we can and, shoot. We can shoot. And second of all, we can shoot. Yeah, it's like that's not a problem anymore. It was yeah, a problem also, when when Randall couldn't shoot and Barrett couldn't shoot, but now that they both can, um, it's not really a problem. Yeah. And also, so, so like you mentioned with Hardenstein is shooting, like kind of the hope was he didn't shoot much last year, but when he did, he was pretty accurate this year. The volume has increased and uh, it's just not been good. Like there, and he's had some bad misses as well. Like not, not even oh, he a, air balls. Well, he, I've yeah. never, I've never seen a guy airball as many threes as Isaiah Hartenstein. Yeah, and he doesn't uh, take many. Yeah, but I mean, last year he shot like I believe he shot like forty-seven percent, but it was on like point. It was like yeah, attempts. it was not. It was not a lot of attempts. So I mean, I and I remember like in uh in like preseason he made a few threes, and me included. I'll I'll be honest. I was like, oh my god, we got our floor spacing big. Let's go. Uh. Another thing is uh one of his one of his better skills is him being a playmaking big, but we don't like in the like Julius like, Randall's a playmaking big. Yeah. Like we yeah, don't exactly. like it just doesn't you don't need two. Like yeah. having one is nice. You don't need two. Yeah. Um and and Randall's for a for a big man, for his position, is one of the better playmakers in the league. Um and he has been better recently too, which I didn't know was really possible. But um yeah because i feel like the thing about randall is like every game i'm like this is his ceiling right like this is as good as he's gonna get and then he gets better so i think we're getting to a point where randall's like a he's a shoe in for the all-star game at this point which kind of sucks for brunson because he's not gonna make it anymore i don't think because he got hurt um i don't know if he would have any anyways the guard play in the east is is amazing uh all all around you know you look at uh the all-star guards, you, you, you have to get Jalen Brown in there on the Celtics. Kyrie Irving's an all-star. Drew Holiday's an all-star. Garland and Mitchell are probably both all-stars. Mitchell is definitely an all-star. Harden's an all-star. Halliburton's an all-star. Like the, those those teams, they all have all-star guards. Trae Young, even though Trae Young is an all-star. What did you say? I, I said even though he hasn't been as good this year, he's, he's an all-star still. Oh, I mean, he, I, I don't know if he's like fully qualified. I mean, obviously he is, but he's – He's averaging 27 and 10. He's going to make yeah. the all-star game. Yeah, obviously. Like, that's not really a question. Um, And so you have what what I just named, nine all-star caliber guards in the East. Like, you can't – like, you can't expect Brunson to be an all-star. Yeah. Yeah, and but, one big thing with, you know, just as you mentioned with Hart and not being, being a playmaking big, and I know we got into some all-star talk, so I wanted to dabble on, you know, the fact that at this point, I think I, Randall getting an all-star appearance isn't just about like personal accolades as it is also as much about, you know, I think it, it I, I think he genuinely does like really, I think he genuinely cares more than the average NBA player does. And this isn't saying the average NBA player doesn't care, but I think Randall takes success or failure a lot more to heart than people give him credit for. Like, I think last year kind of made him, made people view him as someone. Yeah, like last player. year, he kind of seemed like a kind of a villain for like Knicks fans and they, I mean, they kind of played into it too. They, you know, I mean, there was the whole thumbs down game as well. Like, yeah, that that game was crazy. That was the yeah. the, the thumbs that, that down was in that game. Better moment last year. The the RJ buzzer beater was that game. That Celtics game was crazy. Yeah, like, I remember, there was so I was, much that happened that night. I think I was but, like, I had to get the news of the buzzer beater because I got it spoiled for me from Heat Check out of all people while playing Fortnite. 
which was fucking hilarious. I'm like watching the game and like on the brink of dying. And he goes, RJ Barrett buzzer beater. And I was like, shut the fuck up. And he does drill it. Uh, but that game was nuts for, I mean, that game was fucking insane. I, 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 and that technically did spark the Celtics run. So we are indirectly responsible for the Celtics going to the NBA finals. Uh, I thought they were the best team in the East for a while last you year. Are they were very, you were like very good at picking the East winner. I remember, I think it was the pandemic year where like I picked them. Like I picked Celtics. Miami last yeah. year. I picked the Celtics. This year, I'm still, I'm still gonna ride Cleveland, but that might change by playoff time. We'll see. I, I really like the Cavs. Yeah, I also, uh, I also picked the. Cel- I, I was high on the Celtics when they were like 18 and 18 because, like, I mean, like, I know it was basic, but like, you looked at like the net rating, loved them, and I just thought like there was a personnel switch, and like major personnel switch. I thought they were an easy bounce back team. Uh, especially I like Tatum got off to like a slow start last year. Uh, they were just an easy bounce back team for me. Uh, I didn't necessarily think that they were going to the finals, although I did pick them once the play. I picked a Warriors finals, a Warriors Celtics finals prior to the playoffs, which was cool. I was at my playoff predictions were actually very accurate last year. Last year I had um, the Suns Celtics, I think. I, so, I, I had Warriors Celtics, but I, the yeah, Suns. I the Suns last year, that was embarrassing. That, like, no. Yeah, that was, I think, what, that was, like, their second straight year of being, like, pretty clearly, like, one of the top teams in the league. And I'm pretty sure they had the best record in the league last year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. It was, yeah, they were ridiculous. Two years in a row, best record in the league. Yeah. And, like, not. And, okay, uh, I know we talk about this. Out. We talk about this all the time. Is it possible that Devin Booker is the next star to be, like, I'm out of here. I'm done. Because this Suns team is falling apart. And I think it's possible. And there were rumors of that, like, prior to when, like, the Suns got good, like, when the Suns were still There bad. were rumors that he wanted out. I know. And, and then there were not even rumors that he wanted out. There was rumors, like, connecting into the Knicks. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really, I don't like to. Yeah. All right. I do. That's my doubt. But um, I, Ryan does. Ryan loves to do this. And I love Dick Green. Um, Those are the two themes so far. The no, podcast. Grady Dick. I brought up I, I brought up I brought up Grady Dick one. Do you know Grady? Do you watch college basketball, Ethan? Uh, like a little bit. Yeah, I know. I okay. think he is Kansas guard shooter, yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, freshman white boy. Anyways, yeah, uh, I, know, is, I, I know who he is. Ryan is in love with him because I yeah. brought him up one time when we were looking at like potential guys that they that could be around the Knicks draft range next year or like this upcoming. That was draft. back when we were bad though, so not anymore. No, it's I I don't know. He's he's good. He's really good, and he's an incredible shooter. He's probably gonna go in the top fifteen or twenty, but top five player in the NBA, man. I mean, but, we um, my guy. What were you saying? I was saying that we still we still have the Mavs pick, so maybe there's like a trade up scenario. But never mind. Yeah, I mean, I'm not thinking about the draft right now. <laughs> yeah, not 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 thinking about it. But but um. I mean, I think ultimately when we look at the landscape of the NBA right now and how the Knicks fit into it, the Knicks are solidly in a position where we can look back and say, okay, they're the top teams. We are not one of those top teams. That's fine, right? But And I don't think anyone was expecting for this Knicks team to be like a finals contender or anything, but they're getting to that point where they're in that threshold. They're right in right below that level where they're just that one player away from pushing themselves into that top contend, uh, into that uh threshold of being a a team that you could say okay if the Knicks were to win the finals you wouldn't like you wouldn't say as a joke you know what I mean I think I said I referenced this to you before in the last episode where it's like we're at the point where the Knicks have a couple of things roll their way they you know hit on a certain they they hit on a certain trade or uh they um continue to get certain guys to progress or a tandem of both and no longer would you say oh I'm picking the Knicks to win the finals is like a joke you would say I'm picking the Knicks to win the finals people like oh yeah that's a good pick and this team getting close to that levels and exciting you know getting it being in a position where we can look back on games and say you know if they had RJ Barrett they probably wouldn't have not even just RJ Barrett I believe Brunson was also out against the Mavs if I'm not mistaken yeah he was Uh, yeah so this this team's in a position where we we have multiple players that can play at a level, you know, Randall's playing at, at a level where you'd say if he's a number two on a championship contender with the right number one, um, you know, that team can go pretty far. Brunson, I think, has pl- has shown that he could play to that level. Barrett isn't on the same level as Randall and Brunson, but I think he's gotten better throughout the season, which is all you really care about. You want him to just get better yeah, throughout the season. Guy, I, feel like, I feel like people forget that R.J. Barrett is 22. 
Yeah, right. he's very young. He's, I believe, like young, I, I feel like people young. are acting like this is like a twenty-six-year-old who's, you know, in his like eighth NBA season and isn't, you know, uh, well, he's in year he was four. Young when he was drafted, he was eighteen when he was drafted. Like, most yeah. Of yeah. And, and kind mean, of like the Knicks, I think people push the goalposts for him, you know, where it's like, oh, well, you know, Knicks are good now. So everyone's like, but you're not a finals contender. Like, yeah, no one was acting like no one. No Knicks fan looks and says we need we need to be a finals contender this year. Same thing with Barrett. If Barrett's like, I think most Knicks fans have fallen to, hey, you know, we think RJ Barrett can be a good NBA player. I don't think any Knicks fan is not any Knicks fan, but I don't think the majority of Knicks fans are sitting back and saying RJ Barrett is a star player. Right. Like that. Those days are not. They, like we most people have moved on from those days right and and that's fine right like not every not every draft pick like, i mean how many guys we're talking about top 10 nba players right how many guys become a top 10 nba player right but you just wanted to be a good piece a good rotation not just a good rotational player i think a good starter uh is a realistic expectation for him not even like a ceiling just a realistic healthy not crazy expectation for rj barrett and you know yes they missed out on job Morant and zion williamson because of the lottery sure that that sucks whatever but you know, there's nothing Knicks can do about it. There's nothing that you know. Bringing it up isn't a lull Knicks moment. It isn't like a, let's make fun of the Knicks for getting the third overall pick that year. It's more so a situation where you know Barrett has become a good part of this team. He's fallen into his role nicely. I think coming into this year and over the last couple of years, his role's kind of been undefined. You know, he was supposed to be the number one guy. Then Randall bursts onto the scene, and then when Randall's the number one guy, he kind of falls down a bit. And Barrett is in charge of not just being the number one guy offensively, but also taking the uh, the most difficult defensive matchup. I think. James, you mentioned this all the time, where like he'll have to guard like Jason Tatum and then also be asked to take the most shots in the team. Like that's just not a realistic thing to ask RJ Barrett to do. But in the role he is in now, where he's the third option offensively and he doesn't have to take the top defense uh, offensive threat on another team because you have Grimes there, you can have him settle into his role nicely. And I think that's something he's done over the last few weeks. And I'm very excited to see him come back from his from his finger laceration. I don't think it's going to be one of these cases where he just stinks again for the next week. I think it's going to be a situation where he eases into his role because he can, and the Knicks are going to. You're going to see throughout the year that very quietly, very uh, kind of without much attention, he's going to climb his numbers up to close to league average efficiency, and the defense is going to get a lot better. I mean, yeah, you definitely hope to see that uh, coming from him. And especially if he can focus more on defense, I think this is probably the best role for him. Um, You know, he's obviously – I love him with that bench unit, with Quickly and Toppin and – and uh, who who comes on the bench? Who's who's the one – yeah, McBride. There we go. Uh, that lineup I like a lot because he can get his shots up. He can be the number one option, but also, um, you know, and the and the Knicks have been staggering minutes. Grimes in there as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Grimes is starting out, right? Uh, yeah, but I meant spring. I mean, like 40, 40 minutes a game is crazy. By the way, like he's playing too many minutes, and and Isaiah Hart sniped my fucking like he's just so bad. Like I I just, tried with him. I just so much rather have Sims in there. He's so much more athletic. He's um better better one-on-one defender. Yeah, I mean Isaiah Hartenstein grades out well as a as a defender. He's not a good defender. It makes no sense to me. Uh you watch him play, I know, I test is whatever, but he's not a good defender. Yeah. And I mean in this uh in this recent stretch of games, like I believe for, I believe starting with our uh eight game winning streak and then the five game losing streak and then the four game winning streak and what and then last night i believe he's the only player to have a to have a like a and like it plus plus minus like like i don't like i don't like care too much about or or he's i, I forget exactly uh it might have been net rating but uh he's like the only player like in the negatives i believe uh so I, I just don't think he's a fit on the Knicks right now. Uh, and and Sims is much better. There's really not much more to it than that. Yeah. I mean, yeah and again, for sure. synergy matters in the NBA. Like you can have, you could be a good player, but how you fit the lineup definitely matters. Uh, and, you know, I don't think Hart's in a situation where he's like a good player on a bad mix. I just think he's like a serviceable NBA player that can be in an NBA rotation. That's just not in a right fit, which is going to like, as you said, the, the Knicks could wait to the offseason to handle this and kind of just pull him out of the rotation for now. And I think some team is going to be willing to take him on. It's not like he's on a ridiculous contract, you know, like, you know, you're you're gonna have a tough time moving a guy like Fournier if the if teams don't really value if teams don't feel like uh the the shooting they're gonna get is is worth it just because of the the money there. Um, even though I do, I I think there is that chance that maybe someone you know 
takes him on. Don't know what the, the draft capital would look like going to the Knicks or going away from the Knicks. But Hartenstein shouldn't be tough to move. He shouldn't be tough to pull the plug on or retain some value on. He's not. He's just not a fit with this team. He's he's just not like when the entire when when you when lineups play worse with you in it and it's a large enough sample, you just kind of have to buy into it. And even if it's something that burns you a little bit, it's like Hart's going to go out and become an all-star and you look back and say, man, this was a terrible trade. Worst case scenario, he's a good bench player on a good team. You really care at that point. Oh no, definitely not. You're not like super worried about that being, you know, like, Oh, the Knicks fucked up. They, they let Isaiah Hartenstein walk. Like it's not going to be like this Mavs thing where they let Brunson walk when they when they could have offered him a four year seventy million dollar contract. Like that that's bad, right? From their perspective, or like the Knicks letting, um, who who's who's the last guy that they because they get made fun of all the time. Um, I mean, I, like, I mean the last the last guy I th- obviously it didn't even work out for the other team, but Porzingis. Yeah, he's yeah. been good actually lately. Yeah, but, but now, that's for not the, the now, for the, now for the now for the yeah, and they but stink, the Mavs so. like I've never seen a team lose a trade twice. They lost the Porzingis trade when they got him, and they lost the Porzingis trade when they gave him up. So, yeah. um, I feel so bad for Luca, man. He's so good. I yeah. feel like if Brunson signed with a different team, we'd be hearing more about the fact that they let Brunson go. I'm yeah, not- I mean, like when was the last time a team as good like made the Western Conference Finals? Lost their second best player, and then, and then and then lost them for nothing. And they had multiple opportunities if they were going to let him go. So they had an opportunity like a while back to offer him a four year, like before he really broke out, like a four year, four year 55, 50 60 million dollar contract. And apparently he was like considering taking that, and they didn't offer him that. And they they could have they, they kind of restructured their team at the deadline with trading Porzingis, which obviously didn't work out for them. Uh, in the regards at least this year uh and the, they kind of restructured their team maybe they could have even got i mean obviously brunson was great in the postseason for them so I'm, i won't fault but they, they had opportunities to they were if they knew that they weren't going to be willing to pay brunson the contract that he was gonna want and deserve they had opportunities to compensate for that even in a sign-in trade like the the mavs didn't engage with us on a sign-in trade even with the even when the knicks went to them with an with a sign-in with trade an offer. Them. Yeah. Uh, the, the Knicks just said, all right, we'll just... Because, again, the Knicks, prior to the Burks and Kemba... The Burks, Noel, and Kemba trades didn't have the cap space to sign Brunson. The Mavs didn't want to engage with us on a on a sign-in trade, so we just dumped we just dumped all of them and then signed Brunson for... Him, any, him anyway. So, yeah. I mean, you look at, like, wh- like, who, you know, Jalen Brunson is. Everyone's like, oh, he he was overpaid. Right. And now you look back and I would have given him an extra $30 million. Yeah. Like another thing people don't talk about is he like, don't you don't, oh, I can't pronounce. I cannot, I'm not going to even try. Just say yeah. Luca. Just going to say Luca. I'm really bad at pronouncing names. Uh, people don't talk year. about, yeah, I'm, I just, I'm bad at this. Right, uh, who's, who's a, a, you get Arenado wrong all the time. Yeah. Innings. Um, I, can't, I say innings. Yeah, there's just bad ones. But Brunson, I mean, Luca wasn't in that Utah series, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, I'm checking the game logs to check. He, he, no, he Utah, the Utah series, three. he came back in game four, if I remember. Gotcha. Right, games one, two, and three were the ones. Brunson dropped 41 in game yeah. four. Yeah. Uh, I remember the series. He, he, Brunson last year, his over-under in those games was set at like 19 and a half. And... Because everyone expected Spencer Dinwiddie to be the guy to step up, and then it was Jalen Brunson dropping forty points a game. Right. Like if it As... wasn't like not saying Brunson guided them to is the only reason they got to the second to uh, an eventual Western Conference final run. But without Jalen Brunson doing what Jalen Brunson did, there's a chance that the Clippers could have stole stole one of those two wins that they had. Like Brunson was an integral part of a team that went to the Western Conference Finals. And they didn't stand a chance against the Warriors. Like the Warriors just had their they, they were they were going to embarrass them. But I don't think that he got enough credit for that. I don't think that people gave him enough credit for being. I mean, I think people gave him credit. No, no, in the time time. while it was happening, absolutely, he was getting credit for it. But in free agency, no, yeah, not not in free agency. Once once the Knicks had interest, it didn't matter anymore. Right. I mean, that's kind of what happened with the Knicks. Is it's like every time the Knicks do something, it's like, oh well, it's the Knicks, right? So they 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 have to be wrong. Like I remember all all the memes that were that were like. This is what the Knicks think Jalen Brunson is, and it was a picture of Michael Jordan. Well, guess what? Jalen Brunson's an all-star caliber player now. So, 
All yeah. I want to say is they have the same amount of rings without Scottie Pippen. So, you know, like there is some validity to that. They're both, you know, good scoring right, guards. Just, just, stop, just stop. <laughs> but it also is like, you know, Brunson has kind of become like one of those signings where like, dude, I'm just so happy he's on our team. Like I couldn't imagine this team without Brunson. Like I couldn't imagine the replacement guards. I remember being a huge Lonzo Ball guy. I was so big. I, I was broken. He's no, really good. But I remember he has, this. He can't play. There's he a thread of the th- there's a thread of the three of us talking about how much we wanted Lonzo. Right. I I remember. Um, but I wasn't I wasn't crazy on Lonzo. I'm gonna be honest. Last year, last year I was eating my words a little bit, but this year the Bulls talked to the Bulls fans, not 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 to get okay. Not well, to, to be uh, fair, the the comparison that we were making was Kemba Walker, so I mean like, no, that was me. That was all me, and I take full credit. No, everyone's like, "Oh, well, Kemba Walker's a better contract than Lonzo." Because this was Ryan mostly. Technically, but... yes. Technically, yes, yes. I was gonna say. Technically, I, I, yes. That's Technically what I was gonna yes. Say. It was a better contract. I disagree with that. I like Lonzo can't play. Lonzo, when he plays, is so but, good though. But he can't. He's, like, play, dude, this he's is played bad. a third of. He's played a third of the games since he signed with the Bulls. And isn't his injury like, if I'm not mistaken, his injury is bad. His injury is bad, like real, and and like it's it's been like continuously like there's been reports of him that, like not making much progress. And I don't I I don't want to sound like I don't want to sound like, like you're we're not giddy taking about a it, victory laugh. I, I'm not I'm not I, I don't want to I don't want a victory lap over an injury, especially like I didn't like necessarily he had been injury prone prior to this. And I was I wasn't a fan of Lonzo because I didn't really I, I mean for the Knicks at least because I didn't really think. Like, I didn't really think he – like, I, I think the Knicks needed, like, a scoring guard, which the Knicks now have in Brunson, whereas I saw Lonzo as a guy who was almost more of a playmaking wing as a point guard, like, if that makes sense at all. Uh, but I do think, ultimately, the Knicks uh, – I'm I'm happy where they're at with uh, Jalen Brunson. As, as Ryan said, especially early in the year when the Knicks, like, weren't good – I would have ripped like when the Knicks were 10 and 13. Imagine if we didn't have Brunson. I would have ripped my eyes out watching the Knicks. Um, oh, oh my God. Brunson is like like every time last year that the Knicks made me like seriously consider just not, like turning the game off. Um, they don't do that anymore because of Jalen Brunson. Like Jalen Brunson single-handedly fixes that problem. Yeah. Like like he makes no matter what is going on with Randall going over nine from three or something. Last year, if Randall went over nine from three in a quarter. I would have turned the game off right then and there. But Brunson had like what eighteen points in the first quarter, despite the fact that Randall took twelve shots. Like, I mean, he's he makes them watchable when they otherwise wouldn't be. And and he played so like him and Randall play well. He together, plays so which... effortlessly, effortlessly. Brunson, like everything looks so easy for him. Yeah, I wasn't expecting him and Randall to play well together. I was very concerned about how Julius Randall and Jalen Brunson would work together. I'm more so concerned about Randall. Uh, and that hasn't been the case. I'm not saying that Jalen Brunson is the only reason Julius Randall's good. Like I, I want to get I don't want to make it seem like I'm taking away all the credit from Randall, but like Randall said himself, he Jalen Brunson makes his job easier. Right. Like there is well, he does, he makes everyone's together. job easier. Yeah. Like it also means that Randall doesn't have to be like a point forward. Like the dude was going was like the primary ball handler. He was gonna lead, he was leading the team in assists. Like that's just not something you can expect from Randall to do while also taking the mantle of shooting the ball like 20 times a game and also being someone who's gonna have have to you know grab a bunch of boards like it it allows Randall to have to do less and to do a lot of what he does well more so you know the the Knicks going into well, and then next- and then the other thing is sorry to cut you off but no, Randall be- becoming a better three point shooter has also changed that in a yeah. sense like it just it makes the Knicks offense a lot easier in general Absolutely. the entire thing uh the fact that Randall can shoot now which you know um obviously he's not shooting like forty one percent or whatever but he still feel it feels like he's a better shooter than he was when yeah, he was I, shooting. I, I believe he's taking a higher volume of three. Yeah. Oh, much, much more. He's taking so many threes. If you shoot 34 to 35% from three on his volume, I'm more than good with it. Cause you're especially like, as, especially as a forward, he's not like, yeah. I mean, I guess the position doesn't really matter because of how many shots he's putting up, but you know, like there's some, like yeah, that matters to an extent. It's just refreshing to have a good offensive team for to watch as a Knicks fan. Like you know, I mean, yeah, they've been a top five offense for the for over half the season now. Right, like even looking at you know that that first year with Randall popping off, you know, like that wasn't a very kind of like the the offense was very much just like give it was Julius Randall. 
Or yeah, it was just the Julius Randle show, and then great defense. Yeah, like it was. It was very much like the, that team would grit out wins, and that was fun. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, there's there's an element of fun. That team with that was. Fun. I love that team. But there is a there is a sense of like, huh? I wonder if this team can like this team games makes like things this. happen, kind of right. Like, I don't know how what else to set how else to describe it, but it feels like this team like like makes like as I said like makes things happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm not, I don't have any more thoughts on certain ter- terms of like the Knicks, because you guys have said a lot of the things that I would probably have ended up saying. Uh, but if you guys have any final thoughts, uh, I'd love to love to hear them. I think we're good. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you, Ethan, for joining us of course. and, um, we'll see you in episode six.